You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Scout, older sister. And uh, you know what? I'm feeling good today. I kind of have a moment where I'm like, what time is it? It's early. We're recording this at 10 a.m. We just got off, you know, the interview with Roxy, which is going to blow your mind. But I'm just having a moment where I'm like, what day is it? What time is it? You know? Mm, Nope, I don't know because I know exactly where I am. I'm grounded in the present moment, baby. You know what I was thinking? I believe we have fully become a mental health podcast. See, okay, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. Are we a mental health podcast? Are we a personal development podcast? Are we spirituality? Like a mental health doesn't resonate because it's not like we're sitting here talking about like psychology. Psychology. Right, 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 right. We're like, we're competing with Jay Shetty up in here. Like we are next door like we're around the corner like knock 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 jay yeah knock 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 jay did you see that alex cooper was on jay shetty's podcast yeah i did and i love you so much jay shetty i love you so much can we go back to the other haircut though like the other hairstyle who jay oh of jay shetty yeah i I didn't even notice anything yeah he's got a new hairstyle it's not working for me oh okay you know what's something else that i discovered about jay shetty his wife. Oh, we've talked about this. She has to come on the podcast. His wife is... We need to get her on the motherfucking podcast. She's incredible. I did a deep binge oh, yeah. of her. I went deep. She's my expander. Like, I want to be her. I will say, they look like brother and sister. They posted this video, though, of them, like, it's, like, switching really fast between their two faces. Their eyes are the same. I've watched that video so many times their eyes are the like how does two people have gorgeous bright green eyes that are exactly the same it's insane they're the exact same we uh, i'm gonna email her get her on she's awesome she's super rad did you like the episode of kendall jenner and jay shetty I did. You know, it, it didn't did. like reveal a lot. It didn't. Yeah, I wanted more. I wanted more. It kind of felt like they were stepping around who she actually is. And so they were just trying to talk about like her horses and her normal life, which is great. Well, no. But I wanted like a little more. So Kendall's one of us. I mean, we've already talked about how like Kendall's our favorite Kardashian. She's the favorite K over here. 
And she is obviously going through a big transformation or self-development and self-growth. And I think this was her first time really talking about that and about manifestation in her child. And I even bring up something in this episode with Roxy about putting the... Mm child on the mirror Mm. like the picture of yourself as a baby on the mirror that's actually something that she said so I can see why she's been hesitant to speak about it because you know you know the internet the world is probably gonna be like well you're so privileged like why do you whereas she probably feels like defense you know wants to make sure she can protect uh this journey that she's going on but she's one of us like she is doing the spirituality. She's doing the manifestation. Like she's one of us. She needs to come on the pod. Yeah. You know what? I've just going to go on the record. I've said it for the last four years of OK Sis. I was a Kendall Jenner proponent from day one and you all looked at me weird. You were a Kendall Jenner apologist and I didn't see it until her architectural digest spread. Now I see it. And now that she's on this journey and has like seen the light and she's been trying on the latest episodes of the Kardashians to bring, you know, Chloe and everyone else into yeah. this. I don't think they they're there yet, but she's trying. Yeah, she's she trying. Is. I want to ask you about Emma Chamberlain's architectural digest. Oh, kill me now. What wait, in a good way or a bad day? Yeah, what? it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay. I was like, mm. the kitchen. <sighs> I've never wanted a green kitchen until I've seen Kenny and Emma. I never wanted a color. I didn't ever wanted color in my house until I saw Emma Chamberlain. The use of color is so perfect because so you don't, you don't, Ugh. it's not a colorful house, but it's a house that utilizes color. It's so good. Yeah. It's, and then I'm like, she lives there all alone. Like, does she have, it's like a big house for one person. Yeah. She's Emma Chamberlain. She, yeah, she, well, she has a boy. She has friends and such, but it is just a, I mean, it's so sophisticated for her age. It's insane. It's, it's, it's like, she's literally just turned 21, it's a 38 year old house. I know it's like someone who's turning 40. You know what I mean? I it's so beautiful. Oh, it's just her style is impeccable. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the spread. I mean, I love a good AD spread. We should get I've been thinking because I'm a you should get Emma on the subscribe pod. to Vogue. No, no, no. I should get the AD magazine to my house. I think it's time. I think 100%. that's my next evolution in life is to get the 100%. Architectural Digest print magazine delivered to my house. Okay. I'm going to, because this is the Manifestation podcast, I'm going to speak into existence some okay, sis guests that I would like to manifest. Okay. Number one, Kendall Jenner. Mm-hmm. Number two, Emma Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Number three. An OG manifestation that has yet to come true. Cassie David. Where the fuck are oh. you, Cassie? It's me, uh, Putting a restraining order on us. That's where Cassie <laughs> David is. Putting a restraining order on us. Cassie David, you are welcome on the pod anytime. Number she four. She for sure knows who we are. And she's like, get these sisters away from me. Stop it. Stop it. Number four. Taylor Jenkins <laughs> Hey, you're so annoying because you have you have an in and you're not pursuing it. This is your fault. I have an in. Of course, I've been emailing them. They ghosted us. Wow. (laughs) So we're good. You're good enough for the advanced copy, but not good enough to interview TJR. And then so I just bought Carrie Soto's back from Warwick's in La Jolla. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts. So I bought it at Warwick's in La Jolla and they're like, oh, she was TJR was just here last week for a fucking read and whatever. She was at the Grove too, but I was like, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm not going to the okay, Barnes well, & Noble at the Grove. That's difficult, but Warwick's in La Jolla, not difficult. That right. could have been very easy for me. Wow, she's like on a tour. Like she's like Harry Styles. Yeah, she's like Harry Styles. So Carrie Soto is back. Loved it. Great, beautiful, great read. Not my favorite, obviously. I think no, we've not all my favorite. agreed about that. Not my favorite. It, it was, the, there was just, there wasn't a lot going on. Right. It was more so, I loved it for the writing and like how you felt like you were in the match. Like you really did. But in terms of the like drama or I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't as... There, we didn't get that classic, like, holy shit, TJR moment. Right, 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 right. But it was great. It was a really good book. I recommend everyone to read it. It's just not my favorite of hers. Exactly. Um, You still have to read Malibu Rising. No, I read that. Oh, you did? Okay, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, Carrie Soto's attached to Malibu Rising. Right, right, right. Oh, that's right. You you did read it. Okay, yeah. let's move swiftly along. Because I'm, I'm hangry, dude. I got to make a sandwich. Oh, you're into sandwiches now? I make the peanut, the almond butter, you know, or the oat house. We've talked oat about this. Oat house, guys. <laughs> guys. 
I think we talked about this. Okay, but I'm, my blood sugar is running low. I'm 35 weeks pregnant. I need to eat. I need to eat. I'm cutting you off. When are you doing the, you missed it. I'll do it today. Send me, send it to me today and I'll do it today. Okay, everyone's, let's hold Scout accountable. She needs to do the Kylie Jenner. I'm 34 weeks tonight. I will do it if you let me go eat because now I'm becoming okay. a monster. I just want to let everyone know the Oat House butter situation yeah we know it's out of control it's it's an addiction it's an addiction i eat it with a spoon like i need help all right all right you're not listening to me i'm about to become a dragon today we have roxy roxy our love our beautiful manifestation queen roxy nafusi i hope she wants to be our friend i think we're on the path to that you know i think if we go to england she'll hang out with us you think that's what happened here a hundred percent okay well what's up her well what's up Oh my God, we go into like a whole spiel about WhatsApp because we are so yeah. anti WhatsApp over here. Anyways, yeah. so we had Roxy. She wrote this book called Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life. Sisters, you all know that we're like, you know, very into manifestation over here. We've been practicing for many, many years and it just was such a beautiful you know, next step to have someone like Roxy come on who has like really dedicated her mission and her purpose in life to spreading the word of manifestation. And so she has this really, really easy digestible toolkit, honestly, in this book for if you are new to manifestation, if you've been manifesting for a long time, you'll find new tidbits or if you want to brush up, we highly recommend getting a copy of, of her book. Yeah, it's called Manifest. It's beautiful. I talk about how beautiful it is. It's orange. We go over that. Don't worry, sisters. We go over that. Don't worry. We go over the orange and orange of it all. It is a deep, soulful, beautifully written, beautifully constructed book. So also Roxy's just the ultimate, just the ultimate. I think like, And she's the, a MILF. So we only speak to MILFs yeah. really yeah. on the pod. So that was helpful. She's my new expander. So anyway, sisters, welcome Roxy Nafusi to the podcast. Hello, hello. Hey. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Roxy. I'm good. Roxy. Oh, Roxy. Your name. Roxy. 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 I mean, how many? Okay. Do you get this a lot? Because my first association with Roxy is Roxy Hart from Chicago. Yes. Oh, wait. Let me just turn my thing on. Really? Mind. Yes. Except when it's an IE. So it's spelled different. Right. Wait, is it? It is. Yeah. I don't actually, I don't know, but I just think Roxy yeah, Hart. Yeah. Dun, no, I get that. Dun, <laughs> yeah. That's like, I think of the I surf brand. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> no, these are terrible associations. No, no, no. They're not because like, you know, Broadway husband murderer and cool girl surf brand put together is like a really, really rad association brand going on in my mind. In my mind. There we go. I'm here for it. Do you know, I actually chose my name. So I changed my name when I was 12. So when people say, I love your name, I'm like, thank you so much. You're like, thanks. I gave it to myself. Yeah, I take full credit. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so my name was Rowan. Is, was, is Rowan, which is my real name. And I'm Iraqi. Mm. So I'm fully Iraqi. And when I was not to give you my whole life story now, but when I was younger, I grew up in Oxford and it was a very like white school. And I was, you know, an Arab and I felt the Iraqi war then broke out and I got really badly bullied for being Iraqi. And, you know, there was, you know, all the media was like Iraqis are all terrorists, basically. And so I want to dissociate from myself. So I was like, OK, I'm going to move schools and I'm going to change my name and then people won't associate me with being Arabic, which I think explained a lot of, you know, my insecurities later on. But yeah, that's where Roxy came from. What did your what did your family think about that? Like, were they frustrated that you were not? not, you know, proud of, you know, this, this background or did they kind of, they're just like, okay, we get it. We like, you need to re evolve from this or. Yeah. A good question. I think, you know, my, I'm the youngest of four and I think my siblings were judgy, you know, as brothers and sisters are, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. older ones. Um, so they were a bit like confused my parents less so I think in the way maybe my parents just got it and also I was so headstrong and I was so this wasn't a question I've just decided this is what I'm doing that they thought you know I'm just gonna let her get on with it 
Well, it's such a beautiful, it's kind of such a beautiful thing to come from a survival tactic because, mm. you know, reclaiming who you are, not based off a narrative that other people are giving you is yeah. sad that it had to come to that point. But today it just feels really empowering. Like you chose a super rad name and since you chose it, there's kind of this power behind it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, and now I'm so proud to be Iraqi. So I have the best of both worlds. I've got a name I love and I'm a proud Iraqi. <laughs> I was going to say, what what was that transition to refinding that pride in your heritage? Because a lot of manifestation, which, of course, we're going to get into, which is where your focus is in your and your your work my relationship with manifestation is a lot of inner child and deep healing work of yes. of your childhood right so i can imagine that the transition for you to feeling pr like pride again about your heritage also came through this manifestation journey would you say that's right 100% and i totally i'm so sorry do you know when you just can't turn your whatsapp off oh we can't <laughs> hear it we can't you, hear it. You can't, it's no. not coming through. No, it's not coming through. Oh, thank God. Sorry, I didn't want it to annoy the... It's like, it's, I'm on airplane mode. I've switched off my WhatsApp and I'm still hearing the notification. Okay, good, fine. I love when people mention WhatsApp because we just like feel like so European and like so, like our whole... Oh, you don't use it. Our family, our step family is from England. So we right. do use it, but it's very abnormal. Like I, it is... Why? Wait, I have a question. Mads, why the fuck do we use it? Every single one of us is in America at this point. Like no, no one's in England. It doesn't make sense because no one's in England anymore. Everyone's moved to America. Why don't we move over to iMessage group chat? This is ridiculous. It is so unnatural for me. I don't know where the texts are. I don't know where people are talking, but this is why I don't answer the family WhatsApp because no one is, is on is fucking what? what? Why are we on WhatsApp? Anyways, I we digress. I am obsessed with YouTube. <laughs> We digress, um, but WhatsApp just, no, you know why we need to keep it, Scout? Because we need to like feel sophisticated and like we're European, you know what I mean? Unpopular opinion. I don't feel sophisticated on WhatsApp. I feel like it's a clusterfuck. I don't like the UI UX. It's not a great user experience. I don't know how to use it. No, thank you. It explains so much to me because when I joined with my US publishers, I said to her, I was like, so, you know, like I use WhatsApp quite a lot. So do you want to just uh, communicate over WhatsApp? And she was kind of like, no. She's like, no. And, and I thought she was just being really rude, but actually in, in hindsight, she just doesn't have WhatsApp. The Americans hate it. Like there's just something like we just don't do it. Like, I don't know why you need it. Apple, we're Apple messaged, <laughs> I message gals and that's, that's it. But iMessage yeah. works. Like, it's right there. It comes in the phone. I don't remember the last time I used iMessage, just saying. Wow, but it's fine. That is I know. So, crazy. so crazy. Okay, going back. Okay. The pride and the childhood. Oh, yeah, the serious the question. The serious question. The serious question. Yeah. So, so yeah, of course, you know, manifestation, and, and, I'll, and I, I say this all the time, the, big, the greatest gift that it's given me is this gift of self-love, empowerment, of being able to feel confident in who I am. And, you know, the, the biggest secret of manifesting, which I'm sure you know, is that we manifest what we subconsciously believe we're worthy of receiving. And so our self-worth is at the core of everything. And when I discovered manifesting, I was truly at like rock, rock bottom. And I had no self-worth, like none, zilch, not even like a tiniest bit. I really was paralyzed with self-loathing and um, you know, like I said, that rejection of myself started when I was 12 and it really just continued throughout my teens into my 20s until I had this sort of epiphany moment. So, yeah, throughout this manifesting journey, I've, of course, been on a deep inward journey and an inward journey of healing, of, um, you know, inner child work, of um, coming to accept who I am and the things that I can offer the world rather than constantly looking at what I am not and where I lack. And so, yeah, it's been a really profound and incredible experience. Roxy, we've been talking so much about self-worth and manifestation and mindset and self-love and, and all of those things. And it just occurred to me that I think that sometimes people 
listen to other people talk who have kind of, they're either in the middle of the transformation and they're Mm. feeling it or they're on the other end of the transformation. And it seems beautiful, but it seems intangible. It seems like Mm. such a large leap from where they are. Can you just give us one small thing that you started out for someone who's listening, who's feeling like, that's me. I have zero self-worth and what they're saying sounds great, but I don't even know Mm. what step one is. What's something that you can give them that's a tangible, like, do this today and start your journey? Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Oh my gosh. Do you know, it's hard to choose one because I feel like there are so many like little things. So what I would say is, I imagine that there are a number of like really simple self-love practices that any of us can do. And so I'll name a few and then you choose, like whoever's listening, choose one that sounds like, hey, I could do that because it's going to be different for everyone. So one thing could be that you, you create a really simple morning routine and 
people often say to me, you know, what's like, they, they will say, I'm stuck in a rut and what's the first thing I do? And they think that it's always gonna, I'm gonna say something like, you know, start with your mantras or your meditation or, you know, journaling. But actually it sometimes is more about just getting yourself in the right headspace for that, which means looking at the way that you're fueling your body, you're moving it and your routines. So actually when I was at my lowest, I remember that starting a morning routine may, gave me this sense of structure. And when you're feeling in chaos, that is like such a good starting place. And so write down a little, like, I think it's fun. Like to, you can think, okay, right, tomorrow morning, what three things I'm going to do when I wake up? What's my wake up time? And what are the first three things I'm going to do? Maybe I'm going to have a really mindful cup of coffee. Maybe I'm going to go for a 20 minute walk. Maybe I'm, I'm listening to my favorite podcast, this one, obviously, um, <laughs> you know, or you know, am I going to make myself a really nutritious smoothie? Because I know it's just going to make me feel like I did something good for myself. Or I'm going to make sure I, you know, made my bed really beautifully. So when I come home, it's there for me. So having this morning routine, with three to four of these little, you know, rituals to just help you feel like your day is structured can be a really nice way to start that journey to feeling better. Because feeling better and self-worth, it's all, it's all the same thing. Another practice that you could use would be a really, okay, there's this one exercise that I love. Okay, so you get this piece of card and you choose your favorite picture of yourself, okay? And you stick it in the middle and around it, you write down everything that describes you or everything that you are. And what you're trying to do is really understand that you are a full package, that there is so much more to you, because most of us will zone in on one or two or maybe more, but we'll zone in on specific insecurities that we have and specific areas where we're lacking, where we feel like I'm not confident enough in, in the office or, you know, I'm really bad at socializing with my friends or I'm not fun enough or I'm not smart enough, whatever it is, we all have that thing, right? And when you do this and when you see yourself as a whole picture, you can really start to be, hey, I'm the whole fucking package. Like I've got more to me than where, like I just said, you know, where I'm not, but where I am, I've got all these things I have to offer the people around me, look at where I excel. And then you can stick that on your wall and just see it every day as just a little reminder of all the things that you are and all the things that you offer. Another one might be um, using mantras and affirmations. So choosing five that you really love, writing them down, sticking them on your mirror. Everyone has them on your mirror or on your phone screensaver, or I like to keep it next to the, my side of the bed so that as soon as I wake up, I just like read them as the first thing I do when I wake up. So those are just a few, but there are so many just like really simple tools you can use. Those were amazing. First of all, the, I've never heard the one of the photo and the writing around it. I think that's some, there's something so powerful about seeing yourself while you're doing this work, right? Like, I don't think we see ourselves enough. I mean, Scout and I have been reading, I don't know if you've read You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And it's incredible, Roxy. I think, mm. I think you would really enjoy it. But she talks a lot about mirror work and mm. doing a lot of this affirmations. Like, yes, of course, writing it is powerful as well. But looking in your eyes as you're saying these affirmations and mantras yeah. allows it to like seep it because when we're when we're complimenting a friend or a family member or supporting someone, we're looking at them, right? We're mm -hmm. looking at them. So why don't we do that also for ourselves? And that's so why true. there's also that other practice of like printing out a photo of yourself as a child or a baby yes. and sticking it on a mirror and being like, so when you're, you know, doing your hair, doing your makeup, whatever, and you're like saying bad things about yourself, yeah. you, you're like, whoa, like, would I ever say that to that little girl? No. Yeah. So I think that's also a really beautiful, it's just the getting so comfortable with the mirror, with the actual photo and physicalness of it, if that makes sense. Totally. I love that. And it's actually, I don't know, I have a, I have a child wolf who's three. And I think that definitely seeing him and then watching him grow, I'm imagining him like myself as his age. So it's actually, it's actually very healing for my inner child being a mom because I'm really seeing, oh my God, this like young girl, like this innocence. And like when I was his age and what was I, what was I being told and how was I learning to feel about myself? And would I talk to 
you know, wolf in the ways I speak to myself. So yeah, I think any way that you can like visualize your younger self is so powerful. You gave the sweetest dedication in the beginning of your book to your son, Wolf. I just need to read it because it just hit me so beautifully. You said, for my son, Wolf, be whoever you want to be. And okay, first of all, the energy behind this book, we need to talk about it. Because I open that and read that. I am 35 weeks pregnant tomorrow. So I'm about to become a mom. Oh my God, congratulations. Thank you. And she's about to pop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. And oh. when I read that, I was like, that is, that sums up exactly what I want my baby girl to know. Like be whoever you want to be. It was so profound. Yeah. And then just as you flip through this book, there's just things that pop up that it's almost like, yes, read it through, but it's also such a great book to open up and just get these quotes pulled out. Like one of my favorite ones was the beauty of the world can only be experienced by someone who is willing to see it. And that's been one of like the way you put that is one of my biggest philosophies where, you know, I was realizing one day that I had all these love bursting moments, but it was because I was willing to see them. I was willing to like take a second and pause and be like, my husband looks so cute cuddling my dog right now. Wow. I'm so lucky. Or, oh my God, look at this sunset. I am so lucky. Just, it's really about our internal choosing to see these things. So you know, I want to get into the book because it's incredible, but I do have a very kind of funny question. Mm-hmm. Your book is orange and that is a very bold move. Like it is bright orange. Can you tell mm-hmm. us how you picked this color? Because this is bold as shit. <laughs> and for context, for context, we are like neutral queens. Like we're yes. just like no Same. color. So <laughs> yeah. So it's like when we do see pops of color, we're like, where where was the inspo But here? also, not only that, Roxy, if someone told me that someone was going to create an all orange book, I would say absolutely not. But when yeah. you did it, it's fucking cool. Like it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank like, you. How, how did you pull this off is what I'm wondering. Because if I came out with an orange book, it would be <laughs> atrocious. I would... Yeah, I would probably like arrest you if you did that. I'd be like, okay, Scout needs to go back to the, you know, mental hospital. But when Roxy does it, it's beautiful. It's sophisticated. Like, tell me about this process. Oh my God. I literally love you guys. Okay. So basically I wrote the book in a really short space of time and my publishers in the UK, Penguin, said, okay, we're going to send you over some cover ideas. And I knew what they were going to come with and I knew it wasn't going to be good. So like, no offense, like seriously, you should have seen. And I was right, by the way, one of them had a picture of a key on it. And it was like, this is the key to your life. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. no. So I was like, fuck. So I called my graphic designer who had just started working with me in like a few months before. This was, it was all so aligned. And I was like, Amy, she'd she'd done some mood boards for me before. And we were looking at different colors and like neutrals. And originally I wanted a neutral book. I wanted it to just be sand colored, you know, like an architectural digest kind of book. Like I wanted it to be nude, woven, manifest. I chose the name, I wanted it to be simple, everything. And I was like, right, what are the other colors that we've got? And I looked at the mood boards and orange really spoke to me and orange is you know, for me, it just speaks of creativity and abundance and, you know, the best things in life are orange, the sun, Aperol Spritz, you know, need I say more? <laughs> so I was like, right, orange it is. So I said to Amy, I was like, look, let's send them the orange cover and the neutral cover. And because they'll see that the neutral one is so boring, they'll go for the orange. And they were, she was like, great. So we sent it to them and we'd mocked it up exactly how it, you see it now. And they were like, oh my God, fabulous. We're going to go for the nude. And I was like, huh? I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, so actually we're going to go for the orange. And they were like, no, we, we've thought about it and we really like the nude. So the orange is a no. And I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to sign the contract until I have the orange book. You are, oh, we love a persistent queen persistent as fuck like you can't take no for an answer and the thing is at this point by the way I am a no like this is penguin like the biggest publishing house in the UK and I'm just this first time also being like I promise it'll be a bestseller but I really did have so much self-belief and I had also seen a crystal healer psychic who told me that my color my first book was going to be a bold color so anyway so I believe so I 
pushed and pushed and eventually they signed off and it was 100% the best decision I like you I'm all about minimals earthy tones like my well you can see my home is just like white <laughs> but I wanted a book that when somebody was reading it everybody would go what's that book mm-hmm. I just wanted it to be instagrammable I wanted it to like pop out of a handbag and you'd instantly recognize it and I wanted it to live on a coffee table. I wanted people to be proud of their self-help book, not hide it away like they're embarrassed. And it has been amazing because honestly, everywhere I go, if I'm at an airport, when I'm on holiday, I can see somebody across the pool reading it because of the cover. So yeah, I really appreciate the feedback. <laughs> I love it. It's a gorgeous book. Like it is a, it is a very beautiful, beautiful book. Thank you so much. Okay, I want I want to kind of go back to what Scott was saying and about that quote about noticing. Like and to me, yes, of course, noticing the good. I mean, I uh, I've had struggles with gratitude and like actually embodying it and feeling it and I felt that joy was just passing me by all the time and because there is so many things in my life to celebrate and to be excited about but when it happened I was like I was missing it I was completely missing it but Mm. something else I want to touch on is also missing the tests so If you're new to manifestation and listening to this, like the universe gives us tests when we're starting to manifest something, right? And step four, step four of Roxy's book, Overcome Tests from the Universe. Exactly. There it is. So, you know, I used to interpret tests like, fuck you. Why are, you know, or just, you know, I would just move on. I'd be like, ugh, a challenge, terrible, I, whatever. And now, once I've started doing manifestation work and read your book, like there's such a beauty in seeing tests mm. as opportunities and seeing yeah. tests as a literal step in the path, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, oh my God, this is a roadblock and you feel like it's doomsday, it's mm. actually, you turn it into something beautiful. So I'll give an example. Right now, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. I I founded a an app, and so I'm about to go raise money to go to a pre-seed. And I had had a call. It was just a random call, not with an investor, just a random guy that I wanted to maybe partner with for something in LA for a community thing. And I just got on this call randomly, and he was really, really condescending to me. The tone of voice he was using, and he just did not get the idea of what I was explaining to him, and. I got very flustered and I felt very rocked. I felt very shaken from my like core. Cause I'm usually like pretty confident. I'm usually pretty like, this is what I'm doing. This is how we've done it. Like you're in or you're out. Like I usually have Mm -hmm. that energy, but everything collapsed just from this one call. Yes. And I started crying and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to go into investor calls? If like, this is the energy and that this is how I react, right? Like Mm -hmm. I need to be like steadfast and I, then I realized like really, really quickly, and I, I attribute this to, you know, my years of doing manifestation work. I was like, oh my God, like that was a test. Like yeah. the universe literally, before I even started my journey of pitching, the universe sent me someone that was, you know, going to pick and prod at my, at my idea and maybe, you know, maybe not get it, maybe feel, you know, maybe reject me, which he did. And I now am like ready for people like that mm-hmm. because everyone says there's going to be a ton of rejection. I am totally that that is what's going to happen. But it but it was a, it was amazing practice, right? Yeah. Like it was practice for those types of people. And it also made me realize, hey, that's actually not the kind of person I would want investing totally. in my company or to be a partner for me. So yeah, there was this just beautiful moment. I feel really proud of myself because mm. before I would have been like, oh, terrible, like crying and just, but I, I switched it into a like, oh, I'm going to show the universe that like, I can handle people like that. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I love that. And you should be proud of that. That's so cool. And I think, isn't it so amazing when we can see our own growth, but we're like, Hey, I did something differently to last time. Like a year ago, that would have knocked me and I would have given up and I would have like hit it under the duvet. And this year I'm able to see it, recognize it, overcome it, move forward. Like that is so cool. That's what self-development is all about. 
Can you talk a little bit about faith in the process of manifestation? Mm-hmm. Because you beautifully lay out seven steps, which I think is really genius, especially for people who feel really overwhelmed by this magical concept of manifestation. Mm-hmm. Trusting in the universe, all of that kind of stuff. They say like faith isn't real until, you know, your manifestation isn't coming through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you talk about the moments where you don't think it's working? Yeah. The trust in the universe, which is, you know, my last step really, as I say, it's like the glue that holds everything together. Because even like you were talking just now about um, overcoming tests from the universe, you can't do that without the faith. You have to be able to know that there's a reason for it, that it's leading you somewhere better. And a part of that does come with, yes, okay, my manifestations are coming through, that trust is coming, I know. But what I like to do is to offer people two things to be able to build that trust from now. So one of the things is to just like start to look out for all these little coincidences or synchronicities or these moments that you think, oh my God, isn't it mad that I was just thinking about that thing and then it happened. Or you go, oh my God, this is crazy. I can't believe this thing happened. And every time you start to use those phrases to actually stop and go, hey, maybe there is something greater than us. And for me, it's the universe. It's an energetic force greater than ourselves. For other people, that faith can be God. It can be a spiritual realm. Like faith is different for everyone. For me, I just have faith in the universe. But you can use those little kind of tiny moments to help build your trust. But the other thing you can do, and I like this exercise, is that you look back at all the times in your life where something went wrong or you got rejected or you felt like this is the worst moment. I can't believe this has happened. Why has it gone wrong? And then I want you to to look at it and say, okay, what was the incredible outcome that came afterwards? What was the moment afterwards where you said, thank God that thing didn't happen because there's always one. And so I really like to do that to look at and use our past experiences to show us that, hey, things have been hard. Like we've all had challenges and struggles and rejection and pain and trauma. But we can all say that on some level, they've guided us on a positive path because they're getting us to where we are now. Yeah, like how many times have you overcome something and been like, thank God I went through that or thank God I built that muscle or you see kind of similar to what Maddie says. I had a very similar experience where I had like the biggest client fire in my business in the entire world. And while I was in it, I was like, oh, I know why this is happening Mm -hmm. because it's asking me to look at this one part that I want to expand on next year. And if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have looked at the one part and then the fire would have been much bigger next year. You know what I mean? And it's crazy when you can like see how life unfolds for you, even Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel good. Like it's not supposed to feel good all the time, but when you have that trust that it's all unfolding for you, it's, Mm. it's a, it's a game changer. I honestly think overcome tests from the universe. And I say this all the time. It's my favorite step on my manifesting process because it enables me to like flow through life with such greater ease and resilience and fluidity because you don't learn to manifest and then life is perfect. Like this is not a ritual. It's not a, it's not, it's not even magic. It feels magical, but it's not. It's a self-development practice. It's about becoming so empowered and so confident and enjoying the life you have to such, you know, an extent that everything becomes glorious and magical but within that are still challenges and shit times and how you navigate that is you know determines how well you live your life and I think that for me that's you know is my favorite step but it also means that personally every time I'm going through a rocky patch I'm like whoa I'm about to up level I truly believe that and and it always happens Yeah. I want to talk, I mean, we talked about trust with the universe, but something that I've been milling over in my brain a lot has been trust in yourself. Mm. And this, you know, Scow and I have been just kind of chatting about self-discipline and self-trust and self-devotion. I think, so there was like this big boom of hustle culture, right? And it felt and then it fell because it was like toxic and it was like burnout and it was associated these yeah. things. And on the, I, I was, you know, I saw a TikTok about this, so I don't want to claim this, um, this theme, but basically what happened when we fell from hustle culture 
was we lost like a sense of actual like discipline and actual goals, right? Because we were like, oh, hustle culture, like it's burnout. It's bad I for us. I want to take myself out of that narrative because I never did that. That was my problem, which I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't feel good about this. I relate more to the hustle culture, but I know that's toxic. But then the pendulum is swinging over here, but keep going. Right. And I'm, I'm saying for me, so basically this other end of it was like not laziness, but also just kind of giving yourself a pass, like yeah. being a little like the slow living, a little too gentle, <laughs> which, which, you know, can also be not great. And, you know, she was talking about how self-love is self-discipline yes. and is doing things that you might not want to do. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, you were talking about the morning routine and the rituals for someone who's never had a morning routine that can probably seem very tricky and mm -hmm. very difficult, but it's the dedication and the devotion. And that that's why I keep saying devotion. Cause to me, it feels like a softer word. Like discipline just feels like, again, like pretty regimented and also feels a little hustle culture-y. So when I rebranded it as devotion, it's like, yeah, of course I want to show up for myself. Like, yeah. of course I want to, you know, build that. And, and yeah, it means working out every day, drinking the smoothie instead of the eating the muffin and moving my body or meditating twice mm -hmm. a day. These are things that you think would be easy, but they're, they're habits. Mm -hmm. You're literally having to form new habits. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a discipline. And what that does over time is it, builds this trust, this like amazing inner trust of like, holy shit, I just did that. I just completed mm -hmm. that habit. I just showed myself that I can do that. So I think I've, I'm trying to reprogram that in my brain of like, it's not this like regimented thing. And like, yes, of course, be gentle with myself, but I can't just let myself have a pass all the time, right? You really do need to show up and do the work. So talk to us a about that like sticky yeah. area because it seems you know I mean I say that line all the time which is self-love is self-discipline and I love by the way that you've changed the word for you for it to work for you I think that is so fab there is a very fine line between needing to be compassionate with yourself and needing to just give yourself a kick on the butt right and I think the fine line for me is understanding there's on one hand, we need space to like process how we're feeling. We need to be compassionate with ourselves. We need to allow ourselves to feel the full spectrum of emotions. But then there's a line and we all know what that line is for us where we indulge in it and we turn into victim mentality. Before that line, give yourself a talking to and get up and do something about it. And that's the line. Don't You can process it, but you, there's a difference between indulging it. And when it comes to showing up for yourself and, you know, if we're, we're manifesting what we believe we're worthy of receiving, right? And so we're constantly in dialogue with the universe. We're always showing it what we think we're worthy of. And the way we treat ourselves is a direct reflection of that. So you can dream about the dream house all you like, but if day to day you're treating yourself like shit, you're not going to manifest it. It's not going to happen because the universe is going, okay, that's how you feel about yourself. You don't feel you're worthy of committing to habits, to eating well, to moving your body, to taking care of yourself. And so we continue to, you know, keep ourselves stuck. And I think that hard work is a huge part of this. When I talk about manifesting, you know, I always say, you know, there's no substitute for hard work. Like we can't think our way anywhere. Like we have to take action. We have to align our behavior with the most empowered version of ourselves. And how does the most empowered version of you behave day to day? How do you treat yourself? What boundaries do you have? Who do you allow in your, you know, energetic sphere? How do you spend your time? All these things matter. Everything you do, every minute of the day is showing the universe what you think you're worthy of. So everything you do matters and being mindful of that, you know, is really important. And no, it's not always going to feel good. Like it's not always, but life isn't supposed to feel good all the fucking time. Like sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we've got to go through growing pains. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a really, really good point that you've touched on. Also, something, Mads, that you're the that kind of point is, you know, in manifestation, the way that what we believe about ourselves and our self-worth and, and all those things and the way we take action really matters. But also there's like that fine line between being just completely a victim to our feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, today I don't want I don't feel like it. So, oh, that must mean I shouldn't do it. Or, oh, today I'm anxious. That must mean I shouldn't do it. Or, oh, this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we like, yes, our feelings are so important 
but they don't control us. Like exactly. we don't have to answer to them all the time. It's not like, you know, it's the assigning meaning. It's assigning yeah. meaning. Like that's what I've been doing lately is like, yeah, if I have a negative inner dialogue or a, or a feeling or something, I'm like, or a sadness or a numbness, I don't assign it meaning. Whereas I used to yeah, yeah. for sure, <laughs> for sure. And now it's kind of like a, Oh, I can be sad. Okay, great. Like that's what's happening right now, but I'm not going to make, I'm not going to catastrophize yeah, it. Yeah. I think before I would be like, Oh, this is how I feel all the time. I'm yeah. depressed all the time. Uh, this is how I am. You know, whatever. I have to take the whole day off. And- I take the whole day off. Oh my God. I have to lay in bed. Yeah. And it's like, it's this. Yeah. I, I love what you just said about the indulging. Cause I, I a hundred percent did that a lot this year. Mm. I think I like, Scout and I talk about, Scout has bipolar disorder. So like we've talked a bit about how it can feel like addictive mm-hmm. al- almost because when I'm depressed or when I'm sad, it's like a, it's like a hall pass, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get to just lay in bed and do nothing all day because I'm sad. So then it reinforces yeah, it. Yeah. And then you kind of like want to be sad all the time so that you don't have to do anything. And and that signals to the universe how you're willing to show up for your life and what you get back exactly. in return. It's a lot easier to be unhappy. Like it takes a lot more effort to be happy. And when being happy is actually quite a foreign thing to a lot of us, it's so scary. It's like, what am I if I am happy? What am I without my depression? What am I without my sadness? Like who, who does that make me? And what will my life be like? And that feels so unknown that it feels terrifying. So we're constantly sabotaging it. I'll tell you what it feels. I'll tell you what it is without all that shit. It's fucking fabulous. Okay. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> My life is goddamn amazing. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's challenging moments, but like <sighs> on the other side of depression and rock bottoms and limiting belief and negative thought patterns, we are afraid of the happiness and the joy, but I've been in both places in a pretty gnarly extent. And this is so much better exactly. regardless of the work that it takes to keep it up. I'm telling you sisters, it's the best. And it's a lot of upkeep. There's a lot of housekeeping. That it's a lot of maintenance. To, yeah. A lot of maintenance. I want to talk about the highest self-worth and the empowered highest mm. self, because that's someone that I, when I'm feeling a little stuck or, you know, in those ruts or whatever the case is, I kind of just, I have it in my brain of like, oh, right, you're going to tap into that girl. And to me, that woman is a boss. She's, she's, it's interesting because I'm very, you know, expressive and loud and whatever, but like the empowered self is super calm in the face of adversity. She's like very like peace of mind and goes through the day in a very like, mean like a mindful productiveness Mm -hmm. is how I usually say it and there's curiosity and there's joy Mm -hmm. and there's silliness right so those are the things I just like instantly tap Mm -hmm. into and she's wearing like full Jenny Kane outfits (laughs) and she lives like in Malibu and like looking over the ocean right so there's those but I want to hear about what your tips are for like finding that person and like how to tap into that energy because I have words to describe it, but there's also like a feeling. I'm just like, oh, right. Like I'm that girl now, yeah, yeah. right? So how do, you, how do you recommend? So I think the first thing is to do a kind of little visualization meditation is kind of get yourself into that really relaxed state and whether you do follow a guided one or do it yourself and then start to imagine your higher self. Imagine this version of yourself that is free from fear and doubt, that is free from insecurity and low self-worth and limiting beliefs. And you all, I think everybody knows that there is a version of them in their minds that exists that is without those things because we always use them. We go, oh, if I was that, if I didn't have this insecurity, then I would do this thing. So we all could tap into that person. We all know she's there. And so doing a visualization meditation for me is that kind of first step and then when I've done that and I actually do this I can't remember I think this exercise is in the the book remind me if it is because you've maybe read it more recently than me but it's um I ask people to think about what this most the most empowered version of themselves do day to day because remember it still comes back to the day to day it's not that you know the most empowered version of myself is jumping out of plane and like oh my god she's badass like no she's just better with her routine in the morning or whatever it is, you know, or she stands up for herself in meetings or she knows her boundaries. 
And so think about maybe five behaviors or habits that this version of yourself does day to day. And then how can you start putting them into practice today? And so I like, I really like that in terms of like stepping into those behavioral patterns, and then you can start to embody that character. And then I think from an energetic point of view, it's, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. I think with, with this visualization meditation, one thing I do is I imagine this version of me, like a meter away from me. And I like see her and she's confident and like, she's just like rocking it. And then I walk into them and then I, and I, and I do it when I guide meditations and like walk up to her and now become her and bring her back to the present day. And it's really nice. Like you feel yourself like fused together. I love that one. That's really good. I usually do like future self. I don't know why highest self doesn't resonate with me. For some reason I have to do future self. Mm, It's the same. Yeah. It's like this, it's the exact same, but it's so funny how words mean different things to us. But I love that, that like integration, right? Mm. Like seeing her in front of you and then integrating her. That's really, really powerful. And something that's been really reassuring for me is that the reason I don't I don't resonate with future self is because then it's like someone away from me, someone not currently me. Whereas when you start to do this work, you'll begin to realize that like you have those qualities already, right? It also comes into play with like expander work. And, you know, when you see expanders, you feel like they're five steps ahead of you, right? Because mm-hmm. there's someone that you're looking to who has the thing you already, that you're, you know, manifesting, bringing and calling in. But what I've, what I like to do is the expanders will tell me how I already have the qualities mm-hmm. that they have. I like and that. I already have those, like I am already an entrepreneur. I already have built and shown that I can, you know, build Mm. a community. I already am like super confident. I'm, you know, like all of these things Mm. that I'm like seeing in those expanders, like they're within me there and I just need to tap into them. So when you kind of like switch it into like the present moment and things that are already within you, it feels so much easier to tap into them, you know, rather than be like, oh, it's so far away. I can't get there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting how different we, like I use my future self to calm my fears of the present day. So when I'm afraid of being a mom and running a business or just when I'm afraid of being a mom, like Mm -hmm. all the, I'm sure Roxy, you went through it, all the like fucking annoying negative shit people tell you Mm -hmm. right before you're about to give birth is very, very annoying. Like, oh, I hope you liked sleep. I hope you, you know, liked your life. It's so annoying. People do make, you know, I would just say it is the best experience and you're going to be amazing and the less pressure you put on yourself to be a perfect mom the better I didn't read a single pregnancy book trust your instincts you'll know what you're doing and enjoy it like yeah you'll be tired like obviously but we've survived tiredness before so you're gonna rock it but also it's like that concept of that you said in your book beauty exists are you willing to see it you know are you willing to see it so I go to my future self and she's so in love with being a mom and she's handling her business with grace and she's holding her baby girl and she feels empowered. And so that just in the present moment calms me down and says, oh, I can do it today. You know, I love that. And you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we ask our favorite question? Yes. So we ask every woman who comes on OK Sis this question. If you could brag about one thing and you cannot be humble, what would you brag about? Oh, um, I think the the success of Manifest. I mean, I know it's not in the UK, in the US yet, very, very imminently. But um, yeah, I think what it did in the UK here was absolutely mind-blowing. I still feel like I'm living in a dream. When Vogue wrote like a full article on it and named it the millennial answer to the secret, I was like, stop it. So yeah. yeah, um I'm very really like I am unbelievably proud of it, but also genuinely so humbled and grateful. You know, I really had never ever experienced happiness in my life or joy until I discovered manifesting. And it is a practice that absolutely transformed my life beyond belief. And I am so deeply passionate about sharing it and teaching people the truth behind it in an accessible and practical way 
and breaking down those misconceptions around it. So the fact that I have been able to reach so many people and that I get to do this as my job is like the coolest thing ever. Well, you are incredible. Everything from the words in your book, the depth in your book, to the aesthetics, to the branding, to the feel, to the energy. It's all a beautiful, beautiful, cohesive package. So we are so, so happy that we got to speak to you today. Can you tell everybody where to find you and your book for everyone who wants to run out and buy Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life? Thank you. It is on Amazon pre-order now. I don't know when this is going out, but it will be available from October the 18th. And it is also available at Barnes and Noble and major bookstores. And I am Roxina Fusi on Instagram. I need to get on TikTok. <laughs> no, you don't. It's okay. You don't have to. No. Well, I'm a TikTok to. advocate. Yes. I personally think this stuff and your teachings and your work would spread like mm. it would reach a lot of people but if it doesn't feel aligned to you don't do it i'm projecting but i'm projecting my scouts on like an anti-tiktok <laughs> i per, see like, no i feel brocade okay. but honestly though this could re like the reach of tiktok and yeah. i know a lot of people on tiktok love these types of teachings and this yes. and this work so i would encourage it well who knows maybe i'll be on there soon <laughs> <laughs> amazing thank you and so much girls i'm honestly thank you guys oh and i think scout is frozen well okay um sisters you can find us at okay sis podcast thank you Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 